welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. A commitment to careful communication. That's what we're going to look at today. Everyone say careful communication. Because communication is so important in any relationship. It plays a major part in any relationship, be it the church relationships, be it the home relationships, be it the workplace relationships. We've got to get our communication right. Where there are communication breakdown, there will always be strained relationships. And strained relationships and poor communication lead to things such as anger, frustration, confusion, arguments, separation, divorce, and without overstating it, even death. People have lost their life over poor communication. People have lost their marriage over poor communication. People have lost relationship after relationship after relationship, not for the reason they think, A lot of it has to do with what I'm talking to you about this morning, so I want you to listen up, okay? Turn to the person next to you and say, you've got to listen to this. Excellent. So what is communication? Communication is the act of transferring information, knowledge, fact, thought, and feelings one to another. It's to give to another as a partaker. Relationships require Interaction, intimacy, and involvement. The Greek word for fellowship is the Greek word koinonia, and it simply means partnership, participation, social intercourse. It talks about being a benefactor, to communicate, communion, distribution, and fellowship. And I want to encourage you, if we are to be the people that God has called us to be, we've got to know how to communicate well in order for this fellowship to take place. We've got to partake. There's much more to communication than what we think. And so I want to read a portion of Scripture found in Matthew chapter 16. And it's the account where Jesus is speaking to the disciples. Matthew 16 verse 5. It says, When they came across the lake, the disciples forgot to take some bread. Uh Uh-oh. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, It's because we didn't bring any bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking amongst yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves for the 4,000 and how many baskets you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not, tell- that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. I love this story. I'm going to be honest with you, I love Jesus and I, and, I don't, and I dislike the Pharisees. Here's the thing, I find myself 
looking more like the Pharisees more often than Jesus. And that, that's my dilemma. And that's the dilemma of every Christian, that we become more like Jesus. You might love Jesus more than the Pharisees, but you might act more like the Pharisees than you do Jesus. And that's what we've got to work on. And that's going to take the rest of our lives. Amen? And so that's why we need to go to church regularly, because we're not perfect. All right? I know some of you think you are. Look at Ross Monty here on the second row. He's like, yeah, I'm perfect. Um, but other than Ross... None of us can compare. I mean, he's just amazing. And so what I want to do this morning is talk very practically to you and with you through this scripture uh, on some of the things that can help us become better communicators. How does that sound? So that we can have sweet relationships. There's always got to be a purpose to why we share anything. Okay, This is not just so Tony gets to preach. This is so that we might have sweet relationships. And sweet relationships need good, clear communication. What does communication involve? Firstly... It involves speaking. Everyone say speaking. What is speaking? Speaking is the ability to give good information. And Jesus was very good at giving good, clear communication. He simply told the disciples to watch out for the teaching of the Pharisees. Watch out for religious doctrine. And he was very clear about that. In other words, when it comes to speaking... You are responsible for saying what you mean. Oh, you've got to catch this. I am not responsible for guessing what you mean with your words. If I'm left to guess what you mean, it's going to go wrong and horribly wrong. If I act on what I thought you meant, then it's going to become a nightmare. Many marriages are nightmares because we're acting on what we thought our partner was saying. When in actual fact, they weren't saying that at all. The responsibility on the speaker is to be clear about what they are saying. I don't know if you've ever listened to the radio and they play that game, Guess the Tune. And they play a very small snippet of a song. And uh, all the listeners ring in and win big dollars if they can guess the tune. But it's really hard because a whole heap of the tune is left out. And so you're left guessing. And it's amazing some of the guesses that come in that are nowhere near what the song actually is. And many conversations are like that. We're left to guess what someone meant by what they said. And it gets horrible. And the thing about the guess the tune is it can take weeks and even months for the listeners to ring in and actually guess the tune. And it can take weeks, even months and possibly years for us to get on the same page if we're left to guess what you mean by what you say. Have you got this? Let me, let me break it down with an example for you. Come to tea when you're ready. What does that mean? To me, when you say, come when you are ready, it means it's an open-ended invitation and I'll be there when I'm ready. That's what it means. At least that's what you said it means. Now, if you say, come when you are ready, but in your mind, you meant come at a certain time, you can't get angry for the person who came at 6.30 when you wanted them at 5.30, but you never said 5.30, you said when you're ready. Oh, you've got to catch this. People are losing their lives and relationships over this stuff. So if you want someone to be at your house for dinner at 5.30, say, I would like you there at 5.30. Don't say when you are ready. You got it? 
Otherwise, there's going to be confusion. Just say the time you want them to, there, to be there. Otherwise, people get angry and frustrated, and the night's already off to a bad start. You rock up at 6.30, and the person's just got this look on their face. And you're thinking, um, I, I thought you'd be a little bit happier to see me, but now I'm not so sure. And the whole night is tense because they didn't, you didn't come at a time that they wanted you to, but then again, they never communicated it in the first place. Is this making sense? Here's a, this is another example. Where do you want to go for dinner tonight? Honey, where do you want to go for dinner tonight? Which means I have a choice, yes? Men, that means I have a choice. If you had something in mind as to where you wanted to go for dinner, don't ask me where I want to go. If you want to go somewhere, just say, honey, I want to go to McDonald's tonight. Don't ask me where I want to go and then have to guess where it is that you really want to go. So I say, oh, I would like to go to Faster Pasta. And you get this steely look. Oh, maybe I don't want to go there. Um, I would like to go to Simply Thai. Um, no, I don't, I don't really feel like Thai food, actually. And you're just left to guess the responsibility of good, clear communication rests with you, the speaker. Take responsibility for your own words. If what you mean is not what you said, then what you said is not what you meant. And we're all stuffed. Are you getting this? Take time to make sure that you really said what you really meant. Got it? Communication, good, clear communication starts with speaking. Secondly, it starts with listening. And listening is the ability to get good information. Speaking is the ability to give good information. Listening is the ability to get good information. The problem is that people don't listen with their ears. They listen with their minds. They listen according to who they are. They listen according to where they're at in life. They listen according to what they are going through at any given time. And we need to listen better to what people are saying. Jesus said, be careful of the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. But they were already thinking, "Uh uh-oh, Jesus is ticked off with us because we forgot the bread. That was already in their mind. And because something was already in their mind, they never heard a word that Jesus said. And as a result, a discussion started. Jesus is ticked off. You've upset Jesus. Peter, why didn't you bring the bread? I told you to bring the bread. You should have bought the bread. And they're having this discussion about bread and who should have bought it and who forgot it and whether it's fresh or stale or whether it's white or whole grain. They're having a whole discussion about bread and Jesus isn't talking about bread. 
That sounds like a lot of relationships I know. They were unable or unable to hear because you don't hear with your ears. You hear with your minds. And even though Jesus was very clear, they totally missed the point. The problem was in their listening. They were listening to the context. They, so they weren't listening to the context. They just heard bread and that just sent them down a path. We need to become better listeners and take time to make sure we understand what is really being said. And can I just throw this in as a reminder that your private thoughts cannot be heard. All of us have active imaginations. And because our thoughts are so loud to us, we think others are hearing those thoughts. Many times we said, we said that, in actual fact, we didn't say it, we just thought it, but because it was so loud in our head, we thought we said it. But we didn't. People can't hear your thoughts. They can only hear your words. And as a result, we make a commitment that has no connection to whatever we are talking about. A quick example could be something like this. That I'm talking to you about the football. I'm talking about a guy on the football field that broke his leg. The guy who's listening to this story thinks, I know a friend of mine who hurt his foot recently. And the last time I saw that guy who hurt his foot, he was at Kurong. And because we're thinking all this stuff, while someone's talking about something totally unrelated, we blurt out something like, did you know that there's a sale on at Kurong? <laughs> and the person who's trying to be clear in their communication is left to think, where did that come from? How many know what I'm on about? Yeah. Communication involves speaking, the ability to give good information. It involves listening, the ability to get good information. And thirdly, it involves empathy, the ability to see things from the view of others. Without empathy, we just become policemen. You might be right, but without empathy, we just become watchdogs. What I love about Jesus in this story, the Bible tells us he was aware of their discussion. For me, empathy is all about us crossing over. No matter how bad or how perverted a situation or person or relationship is, we need to be able to cross over and see it from their point of view. If you're really, truly going to communicate well, you've got to be able to cross over. There's lots of things in this world I do not agree with. But I stand up here as one who is here by the grace of God. Who was born into an incredible family at an incredible time and received some incredible teaching and had some incredible boundaries put in place. And as a result, I think a certain way and I act a certain way. And it's very hypocritical of me to grow up in that environment and then to be judgmental of someone else who did not grow up with the privileges that I had. 
I might be right about the outcome of their life being wrong. I might be right there. But if I don't feel, if I don't connect with them and their pain, I will never communicate well. And I feel this is where the large percentage of the church and Christians go wrong, is that we have right in what we're saying, but we are wrong in how we say it. And the only way we're going to be good at how we say it is through empathy. And the thing I try to do when I speak to anyone about some of the lifestyles that people are involved in is to stop and think what my life would look like if I grew up in their home. It never excuses what they're doing, mind you. But it will give us a heart and it will give us compassion behind our words that may need to bring a challenge. I firmly believe that if I grew up in a different environment, at a different time, with different parents and different things, I'm capable of anything. Some of the things I've stood up here and spoken against, I would be guilty of doing those things, given situations and circumstances. Yes, we have freedom of choice, absolutely. But this helps me to become a better communicator because I'm able to feel where people are coming from. And there are people in prisons today and people who are classified as murderers. And we can sit there and judge and have our bad attitudes when you know what? Given that person's circumstance, that could be us doesn't justify murder, but it helps us to connect with them. See, if you want to be a good husband to your wife, you've got to be able to cross over. And by God's grace, try your best to understand how a woman might be feeling or thinking. I didn't say relationships were easy. It's so easy just to make a judgment based upon what we think is happening. And so as a church, I want want you to hear this. That in our communication, we'd get more empathetic. So that we would feel where people are at. And I think if we would feel where people are at, we might just be a little bit more effective in our communication. And if we're more effective in our communication, we might just be more effective in our relationships. I think there's a lot of people that would love this church and love church if we would just do things a little bit differently. If they could just feel like they've been heard as opposed to told that they're going to hell because they're doing certain things. You got it? See, this relationship series is not just for married couples. Please, if you're single, don't turn off. This, this affects every area of our life. If you're in a family, this is for you. If you're in a relationship, this is for you. If you're in this world, this is for you. Got a job, this is for you. I've only ever wanted to be practical, inspirational, and biblical. I want to inspire people to put the Word of God into practice. I don't want to be deep. I do want to be practical, inspirational, and biblical. And I trust that these teachings help you. Become more like Christ. 
Fourthly, good communication involves being objective. The ability to see things as they really are. In John chapter 7, verse 24, Jesus said, Stop making judgments based upon mere appearances, but make right judgments. It's amazing when there are certain issues that come to light and the church speak out about them. People say, well, you can't be judgmental. But what they don't understand is that they're being judgmental about the church being judgmental. <laughs> the Bible doesn't say that we shouldn't judge. It says we shouldn't judge based upon mere appearances. That we shouldn't judge based upon what we see. What Jesus is saying is that we should have such sweet and deep relationships that we can make right judgments. That's what Jesus is saying here. Don't judge by what you see. Get involved in people's lives. Involve yourselves in people's lives to the extent that you know the situations intimately and you can speak into them. It's about getting to the root issue. Is this making sense this morning? See, Jesus said that it's the truth that will set you free. The truth, not a truth. What we do with our arguments, we base most of our arguments on a truth. Most of us have a truth to our argument. But it doesn't necessarily mean it's the truth. Having kids for me has been the biggest humbling thing in my life. I love our kids dearly. And they can be really naughty. And they can do things to embarrass me. Two of them are sitting in here this morning. And I'm not here to make them feel awkward or embarrassed. Because I want to say this. As much as they can be naughty, at times my parenting can absolutely suck. Because I can make decisions based upon what I'm seeing. And miss getting to the root issue and find out what's really going on. There's different reasons why kids can be ratty and naughty. That can be because they just are ratty and naughty. It could be because they're tired. It could be because they're scared. It could be because they're being bullied at school. Do you know the damage we do as parents when your kid's being bullied at school and that misbehaving at home and you discipline them further? You might say, well, they should just tell me. You know, kids don't do that more often than not. It's our role as a parent to have such sweet, deep relationships that we get involved and we ask questions and we find out and we investigate. And as a result of finding out what's really going on, finding the truth, Oh, a truth, you're being naughty. That's, a tr- that's true. Don't speak to your mother like that. You're without a line, that's true. But it's not the issue. The issue is very seldom the issue. We argue about all these things and it's got very little to do with the issue at hand. Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if we could get to the root issue and find out that our kids are being bullied and give the appropriate And right wisdom at that moment. As opposed to just further smacking them. Disciplining them. Sending them to the room. I've told the story many times that when I was 12 and I got caught shoplifting. What I loved about my dad 
in the way he responded. For those of you who don't know, when I was 12 years of age, I got caught taking some bubble gum. I was with my mum. It was horrible. Um, there were tears. I felt terrible. My mum said those words, wait till your dad gets home, which put further fear into me. Dad came home. I had to tell him what I'd done wrong. I thought I was going to get the biggest hiding of my life. And dad looks at me and says, Tony, you should have been quicker. And I, initially I was confused. But that moment taught me something about good parenting. That we don't just judge, we don't just discipline according to what we see. Many parents judge based upon how their children make them look. And we miss getting to the root issue. When you start telling your kids off because you've embarrassed me, there's something wrong with that. When you tell your husband, your wife, just because you're embarrassed, there's something wrong with that. We've got to take the time to get to know people because only then will we know what the real issues are. And when it comes to being objective, let's remember to keep the main thing the main thing. We must be able to deal with one thing at a time. Instead of all these issues, let's deal with the one thing. Be clear. It's the it's one thing I love about Jesus. When he hung upon the cross and he said, It is finished. End of story. He didn't say, oh, and another thing. <laughs> One thing. Don't use these opportunities just to blurt about a whole heap of things. Let's get to the root issue. Let's deal with the one thing. One thing can solve lots of things. And my last point this morning is to be flexible. And flexibility is the ability to explore possible solutions. See, we don't live in a one-size-fits-all world. If you've got kids, you'll know what I mean. You can do the same thing, two different kids, and they respond differently. And you've got to be flexible in how you parent. You've got to be flexible in how you treat your wife. This is, I've been married for 20 years and we dated for 8 years before that. I've been together with this wife, woman for 28 years of my 43 years. And to be honest, I still don't know what I'm going to get. It depends on the day. It depends on the time. It depends on a whole heap of things. And so for me to go into a relationship with, I know what to do here, that little scenario may work in certain situations but not every situation and so we've got to be flexible when raising your kids you've got to be flexible Jesus said some things that appear contrary or contradictory you know he talked about if there is one lost sheep go after that lost one on another occasion when he was doing a teaching all the disciples were wanting to leave and he just let them go which one is right well they're both right you just got to be flexible. Sometimes, as parents, we love our kids too much and we smother them and we should just be letting them go. 
Other times we should fight and hold on. Got to be flexible. And flexibility has to do with finding uh, answers to the problems that are always created when it comes to relationships. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.